Hi, everyone. Dr. Tim and Hillary for another Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. How are you doing this morning, Hillary? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I just started to get a tickle and a cough right oh, when we no. start this. Oh, well. Um, I'm doing good. Okay. Looking forward or off to Reefapalooza in Texas. And um, then we have Aquashella. Still have lots of shows to go to this, this year. So this morning, what I wanted it, somebody wrote in, I know that's old fashioned. I don't know how they contacted you, but somebody asked, can you do a session or talk about UV? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I think UV is definitely misunderstood. Um, and if it's misunderstood, it's probably applied incorrectly and has maybe unintended consequences, um, that people don't realize when they use this. So let's jump right in. Um, you know, it, when you look at it, so it's UV stands for ultraviolet. We'll get with we'll the technical part. And ultraviolet is the um, a spectrum of light that we cannot see. And uh, you're bathed in ultraviolet light from the sun all the time, but the uh, it doesn't hurt us because we're it's not very powerful because we're protected by uh, the atmosphere and the sun and uh, things like that. And UV doesn't penetrate through uh, glass or plastic very well. Uh, but long term, if you you know if you're out in the sun, you know we have a sister company, Reptile Systems, where we use the Ferguson zone. And if you're out there in that zone three and zone four all day long without sunscreen. Well, then the UV is going to get you. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of UV getting you. So I, I like to have my nails done or like to do my nails. And there was a study that was just released saying that people that spend enough time with their hands under nail lamps are having increased skin cancer because of the UV light. Yep. Yep. That's that, that blue light. uh, That's the UV and it helps harden or hard and faster not that i get my nails done so but it it sets the uh nail polish um faster right that's why you're there underneath yep 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 yeah so but so so what the uv the ultraviolet is doing is that it is destroying the dna and this you know um parts of the cell and that can cause death. Well, obviously in mutations and, and different things like that. And so this, this is the premise behind UV use in aquariums is that we have these disease organisms, uh, single celled algae, all these potentially nasty things that are in the water if you pass the water you know through or expose the water to ultraviolet light you can kill these nasty uh, things and that theory is true it's the operational part of it that gets in trouble 
And that is because different organisms need different exposure rates. So the same amount of UV that may kill a single-celled algae is not going to do anything to, say, fungus or viruses or protozoa. So you have to have a longer exposure. And then, obviously, if the organism that you're trying to get rid of isn't in the water, but lives on surfaces or lives on the fish, well, the fish isn't going through the UV. And you're not taking sand and substrate and coral and putting it through the UV. So that doesn't kill everything or anything. And as with most technologies, there's never a hundred percent kill. And furthermore, it's rather selective. So in, in a perfect world, a perfect aquarium world, you would have this crystal clear aquarium water and it would enter. You usually, uh, if you picture a tube and there's uh, water goes in one end of the tube and exits the other. And then the UV lamp is inserted in the tube, parallel in the tube right in the middle. And there's O-rings and fittings so that you create this watertight tube. But the lamp itself is not exposed to the water. You're not putting the light. And these look like fluorescent tubes. Um, that tube is not exposed to the water. You have a generally a glass quartz glass tube that extends through the uh, contact chamber. And then you put the UV lamp in that quartz tube. So you've got the UV lamp in a quartz tube, which then you, know, you turn the lamp on, the light goes out of the quartz tube into the UV. It's, it's usually some type of plastic, the UV housing. And like I said, this is all sealed so it doesn't leak. And then water enters one side, goes down this tube, and then exits the other. And I bring this up because here's what you have to understand. One, the UV lamps only last 6 to 12 months. They have to be replaced. Two, they don't kill everything, as I previously mentioned. So that quartz tube becomes dirty. It becomes covered with material. So it has to be cleaned. Now, commercial uh, uh, UV units will actually have a brush, a circular brush and a a, a knob that you pull in and out connected to that brush so that you, without taking it apart, you can actually clean the tube. So you have this circular brush that, you know, every once in a while you uh, move it back and forth the entire length of the reactor to clean that tube. So Hillary, do you think I've set the picture pretty good here? Yeah, actually you have. Okay, because because it's it's important. A lot of people I talk to, well, you know, how often do you clean your UV? Never. 
well, then it's worthless, folks. You ha- I can guarantee you, you, know, you think, well, it's killing everything and the quartz tube isn't going to get dirty. Yes, it is. If When you take it apart to clean it, you will feel how slimy that is. And so anything, she- go ahead. I say, just like any other piece of equipment in your aquarium, it needs to be cleaned regularly so that it performs as it should be. Yeah, there's no, you know, set it up and leave it uh, in the aquarium world. Um, and so, th- so the quartz tube has to be changed. I mean, sorry, the um, the UV lamp itself has to be changed. The quartz tube has to be cleaned. And after a while, you will notice that the quartz tube is actually starting to get a whitish gray color to it that doesn't clean off. You, you know, it's years that, you know, the, the bulb itself is six to 12 months. The quartz tube, I would say every three or four years has to be replaced. Um, cleaning should be at least monthly. And then this is another thing that I see. If you have turbid water, you know, um, and you're passing that through, well, that turbidity, and it doesn't take much, is actually, you know, the, the UV wavelength light hits it and bounces back. So the more turbid your water is, you know, cloudy, uh, the less effective your UV is going to be. So your UV should actually be after a really, you know, a pretty good mechanical filter because you want to take and and get rid of as much of that detritus, debris, you know, semi-dissolved, I'll say that because it's, it's, I'm assuming you don't have large particulates, but hazy water cuts down on that on the effectiveness of the UV. So the water passing through the UV needs to be cleaned. Then, then there's the exposure. And this is, and, and I've tried to come up with an easy way and, and I have failed. Because if you look in literature and you go, you know, where do we go nowadays? We go out to the internet and we look. And if, if you look on the internet, you're going to see that to kill different organisms, you need to have, you know, a common one is 15,000 microwatt seconds per centimeter squared. And if you just said, what? I'm joining you. What? How? <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? Hold what? on. Exactly. And so they give these, you know, these these ratings, you know, and, and a bacteria are pretty easy to kill. Virus is a little harder. You're trying to kill algae. Well, you need 30,000 microwatts, twice as much. You want to kill fungus. You know, the books will say you need 45 to 60,000 microwatts, you know, uh, four to five times what you need to kill bacteria. And then protozoa, you know, and and these uh, um, type of, well, protozoa, invertebrates, you know, disease. What am I trying to say here? I just went blank. Um, uh, Disease organisms. You you need maybe 90 to 120,000. So you need a lot more exposure but how do you even calculate that? Because if you look at the manufacturers of, of these UV systems that are available to hobbyists, you're going to see an 8-watt, you know, 20-watt, 30-watt, 40-watt, maybe up to 90-watt. Well, what do I do? And this is where 
I'm afraid it's it gets difficult to figure out the right size. And so normally, I would you know I'll always say don't you know don't go big with aquarium stuff. Don't get you know don't get a bigger skimmer than you need. With UV, if you're going to use it, and I'm going to go through the pluses and minuses of using it. But if you're going to go with a UV system, I would recommend, so I'll tell you the punchline here so you don't have to listen to all 40 minutes of, of my uh, yakking, is I would go with the biggest unit that you can get that fits, you know, that'll fit in your system behind your tank or something like that. And then you run it intermittently. You don't need to run the UV 24 hours a day. So you're going to run it eight to 10 hours and get a bigger system. Um, that's just my back of the hand advice. Um, do I personally? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Well, you'll, I'll explain why. Now, do I personally run UV? And the answer is no. And have I run it in the past long, long, long time ago in an age of a long time ago. Um, and I didn't see any effect. I don't know if, if, if your water is full of green algae, I think there's a bigger issue and, and, and having a UV lamp is just treating the symptom, not the cause. And even if you have a pond, I mean, UVs are sold a lot for pond systems because it'll keep that, you know, the green algae down. Okay. So now you've prevented all the, the, and, and yeah, we're in the rabbit hole, folks, and the rabbit hole doesn't have a linear uh, progression. It's me wandering. Um, so you 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 decide uh, my pond is green all the time. I'm sick of the algae. I want to see my fish. I'm going to get a UV system and kill all this algae. And you can buy a, a UV system for ponds, and it'll work generally pretty well. If, and then it'll stop working well because it's going to get dirty. It's, you know, there's a pond out there. Ponds are generally not crystal clear water, but it'll kill the green algae. Well, what was causing all that green algae? Sunlight and nutrients, neither of which you've done anything to. So what are you going to get? You're going to get attached algae. You're going to get the filamentous algae growing on the sides and all, all the plants, if you have plants, you're just going to have all this stringy green algae everywhere. So all you did was change one headache for another headache. And and that in, in your aquarium can be the same thing, as I mentioned in the beginning. The UV can only treat what goes through the UV. And it's kind of like the skimmer. The skimmer removes all the beneficial bacteria from from the water column, but doesn't do anything from the nutrients. The UV kills the bacteria. It, it doesn't know good bacteria from bad bacteria. And I'm not talking about the um, nitrifiers because they're attached to surfaces. I'm talking about the bacteria that consume phosphates and nitrates. So you get rid of those with the UV, your phosphates and nitrates build up. And what are you going to get? Green hair algae, which is, you know, ugly. Uh, nobody wants that. But again, you're, you're killing the beneficial bacteria in the water column that could be consuming those nutrients because all you're doing is treating a symptom. So 
if you, if you ask me, do did you have a UV on your tank? My answer is going to be no. So does that help Hillary? <laughs> but if you're going to have a UV, I would go bigger rather than smaller because I don't think a smaller one's going to work very well. In what cases might I run a UV? If I were running a fish-only system and I was space strapped. I didn't have a quarantine tank. And that's just, you know, that's just playing Russian roulette. We've, Hillary and I have talked about this before. Not having a quarantine is you are, you are going to have a wipeout. I would say that, wouldn't you, Hillary? Yes. Yes. Even the luckiest (laughs) people, it'll come up and get you eventually. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's going to happen. And, you know, there's, there's a reason Big public, you know, all the public aquariums, you know, people do that because it's just going to happen. It only takes one time, one lapse, and then you're hosed, you know, but, but in a fish only system, you're feeding a lot. There's, you're not having a quarantine system. You want a little backup. A UV can be helpful. And, And the hesitation in my voice is can be, not will be. Is is I don't want to give the false hope that a UV is going to make your life easier and prevent all these problems because I just don't think it is, and it, it would be in. <laughs> well, I was say if you <laughs> if you've listened to any of our podcasts, like this is the first I've heard you talk in favor of a UV, so it's kind of funny. Right, I've got my finger on that. I'm trying to point out the possible potential, maybe positive aspects. Is that enough wiggle words? Yeah, no, I I think so. Cause we do get a lot of questions about UV and, you know, even we talked the other day, I'm dealing with dinos and like, I've had people say you should get a UV and I'm like, I don't know about that. But, and, and see, there's, there's one case. I don't understand that either because where are the dinos? They're not growing out of the water like spontaneous, you know, reproduction that all of a sudden these dino stars, which don't exist, folks, I made that up, uh, come out, can just appear in the water. The dinos are coming up from the substrate and they didn't dive from the water into the substrate. And then when the light came on, started growing, they're, they're in the substrate. So I don't understand how a UV is going to keep the dino population down and and uh, you know if 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 you know please put in the comments and we can have a debate or something like that. but anything that grows on a substrate the uv is not going to do it for you and and so i am definitely not pro uv i'm just trying to be more than fair 65% fair this time instead of <laughs> i don't know <laughs> help, help helpful you're trying to be helpful i'm, I'm just i'm trying to be helpful if you know if your system has you put fish in there and you have and you quarantine and you feel that you are doing everything and yet you're having outbreaks of ick crip you know some type of generally parasitic organism a uv might help but i just want people to understand what the drawbacks of the uv are going to be because because every system is a plus and a minus that that's just how it is and you, and and it's a risk and then and then you have to understand that don't go out there saying I'm pro UV Hillary I'm not um, 
Oh, I know. <laughs> and, and the reason is that it's going to kill bacteria before it kills parasites. And most people in marine aquariums, for sure, are trying to kill parasites, which means you need a huge exposure. And I don't know a lot of UVs that can give you that correct exposure. Because let, let's get into a little bit of the operation of it. To get that, you know, micro watt seconds per centimeter squared. So that's a function of one, the flow rate of your water. So if you're going to set up a UV, I would what's called side stream it. You don't need 100% of the water going through the UV 100% of the time, meaning that all the water from your aquarium is taken somehow and goes through the UV before entering the aquarium. That's it. What you can do is you could take a portion of that water with a smaller pump or, you know, a, a different valve on your return from your filter. And you can put a smaller portion of that water through the UV at a slower flow rate. Because to, to get the microwatt seconds per centimeter squared, basically that's a function of the length of the tube. So that's why you get a longer UV, because that means the water is in there longer. So the organisms that you're trying to kill are exposed to the UV for a longer period of time. And you reduce the flow rate. If you're blasting the water through the UV, you've just defeated the purpose of getting a little longer system because the water is flowing through it so fast that the organisms you're trying to kill are not being exposed long enough to the UV light. And there is, I mean, if you're an engineer, there's definitely a formula, um, but those are for commercial systems that can tell you that, you know, this unit puts out this many microwatts per second per, you know, for every centimeter or every inch of lamp length. And I don't think you're going to find that data for most of the lamps out there. Um, I'm not saying you won't, but you don't, you know, the, the very common ones don't really put that out. Um, so you kind of have to eyeball it. And that's why you have low flow rate, slower flow rate, increases the dwell time or the, the exposure, the time that the water's being exposed to the UV. And the longer it is, the more, the better chance of the UV killing the target organism. But as I said, the things you're trying to kill, parasites, protozoa, you know, stuff like that, that take a long exposure or a high exposure um you're going to kill all the bacteria in the system. And so that's the trade-off. You're killing the good stuff along with the bad stuff. And that can have unintended consequences, which is usually you start growing stuff on surfaces that you really don't want on those surfaces. So have you ever used a UV hunter? Not in my personal tanks, but when I was a service technician, we had some tanks that were 
out of control and we put it on there temporarily just to get things. Now, when you say out of control, can you be a little more specific? Bacteria, algae? Lots and lots of algae. I think it was, it's been a long time ago, but I think it was a situation that already was out of control with algae. And then the people that owned it, like would have people come over all the time and just like dump a bunch of food in to feed the fish. (laughs) There you go. Overfeeding. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So Um, it it, it definitely helped, but again, it wasn't something that we left on there long-term. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's why I say, you know, you're trying to mitigate the possible negative effects. So a lot of the, you know, so-called experts will say, you know, run your UV 24 hours a day. But just like I've been saying for years, don't run your skimmer 24 hours a day. There's no need to run your UV 24 hours a day. So the negative effect of the UV is you're killing the beneficial bacteria that are free swimming in the water that you need to consume nitrates and phosphates. Okay. Don't run it 24 hours, run it 10 to 12, eight to 10 hours. And then during that off period, the bacteria, because you, like I said, you're never going to kill hundred percent. The bacteria can reproduce, they reproduce quickly and they can consume the nitrates and phosphates. So you're kind of getting a little bit of uh, benefit in the both worlds. You're, you're hopefully killing some of these uh, parasitic organisms, but you're not just constantly hammering the beneficial bacteria that you need. Okay. And- I've, got, I've got a rabbit hole for your rabbit hole. <laughs> so when you say it's not going to kill, like it's not going to be a hundred percent effective. Is there like a cockroach of the bacteria world? If so, what is it? Um, That's a good question, Hillary. There are certain bacteria, the, the pseudomonas, um, and she doesn't ask me these questions before, so I can look them up, folks. She puts me right on the spot. Um, <laughs> thanks, Hillary. Um, and there's You're some Dr. Bas- Tim. You know all the answers. I do not know all the answers. I know when to say I don't know. <laughs> I do. I. I. There are some bacillus, some pseudomonas. Definitely, there are different uh, bacteria are different, and I can't think of the ones that I can't think of their names right now. Sorry. No worries. I'll think about it. I'll add it to our Q and A, and we yeah. can come back to it. But but there are definitely um, certain bacteria that are much harder to kill than the single cell pretty pictures that you see in all the textbooks. And because I know there was a study just like on skimmers that did this. Yeah, it does not kill things evenly. It's it's selective. And then the water, the, now you can put the water right after it goes through the UV, the water can go right back into the system. A lot of places that use commercial units will filter that water to get rid of all the, you know, dead material. But this is systems that, uh, like public aquariums, um, that that have a fair amount of nutrients, and, and you know they'll go. The systems will go cloudy pretty fast. If your aquarium's cloudy, uh, like I say, the UV is treating 
a symptom, not the cause. And you really need to find out the cause. UV is not really going to cut down on sino. I don't understand how it would cut down on, on dino. You know, it might slow the growth as the dinos go through the water, but the dinos are on substrates. Um, and the parasitic things you might be trying to kill, they just need a huge amount of exposure to the to the UV. Now, the, the other thing that will happen, if you're adding uh, bacterial additives like, the, like our waste away or equal balance, the UV is going to, you know, kill those. And also, if you're adding, you know, amino acids, vitamins and things like that, the UV can break down those chemical uh, bonds. And same with treatments. You know, this is um, was always, if you read some older literature, called a book, um, and you'll see on a quarantine tank, They'll say, well, you know, you need to have a UV in there and then add all these antibiotics and stuff like that. Well, it's kind of counterproductive. Um, so if you're going to be doing prophylactic disease treatments in a quarantine tank, I would not necessarily, well, I, I wouldn't have a UV on there. Um, I, I would just go with the treatment, the copper and different things like that rather than using um, a UV. And the UV is not really a treatment. You know, you, a treatment is something where that has a direct, this is my definition, but a treatment is something that has a direct effect or, or on the fish or on the, maybe your, you know, cor corals or the organisms that you're quarantining. The UV is a secondary or, you know, tertiary thing because it's treating the water which may or may not contain any type of disease organisms because the disease organisms can just move from one, one organism to the other and don't, you know, don't necessarily have to spawn or breed in the water. Now you've, you know, you've got life cycles of many parasites have a stage where they incubate on this, you know, in the substrate, they break free and there's another stage that then is, is free in the water and it has only so much time where it has to find a host, the fish, to then complete the light, you know, to burrow in and grow and then, you know, start over again, release the eggs that go into the substrate. And the UV is trying to disrupt that um, phase where it's the or parasite has hatched from the substrate and is trying to find a host. But uh, that depending on the disease causing organism, that phase can last 10 to 14, you know, 15 days. And that all depends on water temperatures. If you're running cold water systems, that time that you have to treat is actually longer than in, in uh, warm water systems. So kind of the message is to be super effective. There's a lot of different, factors that go into uv so they're they're they they can have a place in a system i guess the take-home message is they are not the be-all end-all they're they are not going to easily automatically solve your headaches and there's potential there that they could cause more and when 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 would you use that? Like I like I said earlier, 
if you've just got a system that's driving you nuts and you haven't had any luck battling whatever problem it's having, you know, there's no reason, you know, you can try a UV, um, but then, you know, know that, that you might uh, decrease one battle and increase another battle somewhere else. How's that Hillary for uh, enough caveats? <laughs> That's a pretty good way of putting it. Where I run into most people using UVs these days are koi ponds. Cause you know, I have three koi ponds in the backyards, none of which have UV and I've never had any problems, but we've gone through that. I run more uh, tannin levels. I think we talked about this last week where tannins suppress bacterial growth. And uh, I don't keep my koi in swimming pool water. And I've had people knock me on that. You know, your water's brownish. Yeah. They don't live in swimming pools. Koi live in ponds. So we went through that. I won't rehash that. I'm perfectly happy, knock on wood, have had my koi for had my koi for a long time. And have never had any disease problems. Don't plan on it. I say you keep saying that. I, I wish you wouldn't. It makes me very nervous. <laughs> it makes me nervous too. Uh anything last minute that I didn't maybe cover. I did the, the main points, let me rehash that is that just putting a UV on your system doesn't automatically mean it's going to be the right size because you have to factor in the dwell time, which is the amount of UV exposure that you're giving the water to. So in this case, bigger can be better. Slow the flow rate down. Don't worry about uh, having all the water go through. You can have a portion of the water go through. Run 10 to 12 hours a day. Clean the system. UVs are definitely susceptible to uh, uh, not working when the quartz uh, tube is dirty, when the water's dirty, um, and you have to service it. There's just there's just no getting around that. Yeah, I think that I think that covers everything. I wish I'd made notes when we had our Q and A podcast because you're like, this is the outline of what I would talk about, and I don't have that in front of me. Yeah. Well, if people have questions, that's great. Our audience always talks, you know, catches us. Well, you didn't cover this. You didn't cover that. We can come back to this and do a follow-up and, and answer questions on this or any other other treatment. Um, and uh, we're always happy to uh, have discussions with people about different ways to filter the water and uh, make, make life easier for Yep. We want you to be successful and enjoy it. Yeah, that's the main thing. Enjoy it. So it's no fun if it becomes work. All right, everybody. This has been Dr. Tim and Hillary with another Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. Good fish keep.